I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. I have heard from many listeners to this podcast and thank you all so much for subscribing and listening every single week. But I've heard from so many of you that you're concerned about what is being described as behavioral regression patterns emerging in children of all ages. Actually, I've heard, you know, everything from very young to, you know, older teenagers. But especially you are telling me about your five to nine year olds in this regard. And that really struck me. And I thought that it would be useful to address it here on the podcast in a general way so that within what I'm going to talk about, maybe something will resonate with you and you'll say, ah, yes, that makes sense. Now I can do something about that. So the types of behaviors that are regressing can be anything like it could be absolutely anything. It could be your child had been potty trained, but suddenly they're wetting or soiling or have started bedwetting in particular, Um, maybe needing a sleep support such as a nightlight on or leaving the bedroom light on or you physically in the room when previously they didn't need that. You know, it could be a reluctance to be separated from you. They may have developed picky eating, having previously been a really good eater and maybe even, you know, that overt expression of temper tantrums that you would classically associate with a toddler, but not your seven or eight year old child. Basically, when we talk about behavioral regression, it is a return of any behavior that you haven't seen since childhood. And behavioral regression is actually really common, especially with toddlers and very young children. But it can certainly reappear at older ages under a variety of circumstances and conditions that might trigger and activate it. Essentially, it's when our children behave in a younger and needier way than is typical for their stage of development. And I emphasize that last part because no two nine-year-olds are the same, nor will two nine-year-olds behave the same or experience life events in the same way. So rather than attuning to your child's, you know, chronological age, always stay attuned to their developmental age. If you have a nine year old that you know is more emotionally five or six, especially when they're activated by worry, then that is how you respond to them. One particular contact, though, recently prompted me to raise this topic today because I've had lots of queries about it and sometimes, you know, they're quick things to answer. But this one just made me go, you know, I'm going to talk about this in a more general way. A parent reached out to ask, What can I do to remind my eight year old daughter that she is not four years old anymore and she must grow up and do things for herself? Now, this parent went on to describe a list of things that her very capable and competent daughter, no other developmental concerns, had been doing for herself. But all of a sudden, over the previous four to six weeks leading up to her contacting me, she had stopped doing them and was asking her parents to do everything for her, you know, ranging from I need help getting dressed. I need can you cut up my food? I don't I can't do it myself. I I don't remember how to tie my shoes. Can you do it for me? You know, I now need help combing my hair. And actually, this little girl had stopped doing her household chores at home. You know, they were appropriate for her age, even though this had resulted in a loss of pocket money because her pocket money was linked to some of these chores she was doing. She simply shrugged and said, you know, I can't do it. It's not my fault. I don't know how to do it. I'll get it wrong. Now, her parents had taken some 
I would describe them as behavior modification approaches, such as, you know, consequencing her behavior. If you don't do it, then this is the consequence and following through on that, designing sticker or reward charts, um, offering incentives, you know, if you do, you know, A, B and C for yourself, um, then this will happen. And in moments of absolute frustration, had even resorted to wondering, what would your friends think of your babyish behavior? And this always came out in times of frustration because the parent was qualifying this saying, you know, I know that's not really the right thing to say, but I just have reached the point of nothing's working. And that's always where we go to the places we don't really want to go to. But they're just so frustrated as nothing they were doing seemed to be working here. Now, there's a number of things about this I want to flag. Behavioral regression is not evidence that I have become a difficult child. But moreover, it is evidence that I am having a difficulty. So I'm not seeking to do this to you or to become the difficult child in our family. This is my way of communicating to you. I'm struggling. I'm finding it hard. I'm overwhelmed. I'm having a difficulty. And holding this understanding in mind as our starting point will enable us to hold that all important position of curiosity as to what might the physical or emotional states be that are underpinning this overt behavior that we're seeing. Always rule out physical illness as feeling physically unwell can make any of us, young or old, regress behaviorally. You know, just think of a time, um, you know, that you were unwell. Okay, just bring to mind some time when you weren't feeling very well. And perhaps what did you want? You know, what did you want to do? Maybe curl up on your bed or on the sofa, you know, pull a blanket over you, um, have someone else take care of you just as when you were a child. So in those moments of physical dysregulation, we all behaviorally regress a little bit. So just rule out physical illness first. And next, get curious about what is happening emotionally for me. Am I perhaps anxious or worried about something? Have I had any life experiences that have been challenging or upsetting? And always consider this from the viewpoint of your child as what we adults deem a significant life event may be very different from what your child considers a significant life event. It could be a change to, you know, the teaching staff in my school. Maybe I've had a sub teacher and that's unsettled me. Maybe one of my friends didn't return to school or maybe, you know, um, my childcare provider has changed changed or gotten a new job or left. It could be anything like that. And hold in mind that this pandemic period has been a universally challenging time and is underpinning much of the behavioral regression in our children. So if you're listening and thinking, I don't think my child has any of those life event worries. Actually, all children have a life event worry thanks to this pandemic. So and for some of them, you know, they're they're getting on with it and it doesn't seem to be, you know, phasing them too much and for others they're having a real wobble with it. When our children regress like this, what they are doing, and it's actually quite smart when we can think of it this way, you know, they're using their overt behavior as a means of communicating to us that they don't feel able to do things for themselves and they want and need us to step in and help them to take care of them and to emotionally validate and contain them in a calming, soothing and reassuring way so that they can co-regulate with us to that place of optimal emotional arousal within themselves. And that is the place where things feel safe and comfortable again. And I am ready to take chances and do my bit in the world. And then they can revert to their more typical developmental stage of behavior. 
So we cannot verbally direct or order them into that place, nor can we stick or chart consequence or incentivize them into it. I must emphasize that, you know, because that would be asking your child to cognitively control an emotional dysregulation. And it will be really hard for your child to do just that because just because you want them to, you know, even when they cognitively want to, too. Yeah, I really want to, but I can't. I'm not able. So if we force the behavior to disappear, Okay, I am going to make this disappear. I'm going to use those overt behavior modification strategies and the problem behavior will disappear. I guarantee you, you're going to see a new behavior in its place just as quick as that underlying emotional dysregulation will linger and it will have to find its way out somehow in some behavior. The better response, and I am saying that we need to respond rather than react to this behavior in our children, is to acknowledge it. Hey, I see that this is really hard to be eight years old today and to do eight year old things. I wonder what I can do to help you while you feel like this. You know, maybe some sofa snuggles and we could watch a movie and share a snack. Or maybe we could go take a chatty walk and talk about things. Or maybe we could play some games together until it feels easier for you. And I'm giving you some options, A, B, C, but you're you're happy with any of those decisions. Don't offer something you're not actually going to be able to deliver. And your child gets to pick, oh, yeah, actually, that would help me. So they're also taking an active role in the solution. And I know, I really do know that behavioral regression can be frustrating, but it is typically short lived, especially when we can get to what is underpinning it and respond to that upset so that our children can relinquish the behavior themselves. Behavioral regression, it tends to come as part and parcel of behavioral progression, you know, where we have progression, we see regression and vice versa, because our children are hardwired to surge forward in their development, to gradually increase the things that they can do for themselves. And in middle childhood, you know, that eight to 12 year old stage, they are increasingly pulled away from us, their parents and towards their peer group. And as they pull away and move forward, they suddenly become more aware of feeling further away and apart from us and the safety that that closer physical connection with us can offer. So they surge forward, they wobble, and then they regress to that place when it felt safe so they can try to stabilize again. And that was a time, of course, you know, they're regressing to a time when it's younger. So that was a time we parents really were doing everything for them. And that's when it felt safe and containing. And many children are going to regress either just before or very soon after a developmental leap or surge. This is, you know, there's this phase of uncertainty um, and they don't need our judgment or consequences in this phase. They need our reassurance that we are still here, still available to them and we are aware of what's happening we're noticing them and their struggle and because when they feel us standing behind them even if that's you know not literal but figurative they feel that wall of our support behind them they know that they have the support they need to try new things and when they know that they can then lean on us and lean back into us when they need to they learn how to stand on their own on their own feet so don't see this as a problem in terms of, oh my goodness, what's going on here? This may be a step back so that I can step forward. However, it does require immense parental compassion, empathy, and reassurance. And now, (laughs) 
I know people going, that's great. That's helped me understand it. But what do I do? What do I actually do? And I th- I'm thinking of ways that we can playfully respond to this. Always remember that we are responding to our children's developmental age over their chronological one. I cannot emphasize that enough because it helps us to really attune to what activity, what parental playful response is going to be most appropriate regardless of my child's chronological age. What do they developmentally need from me now? And remember that responding playfully means staying in that curious, creative, empathic and playful state of mind within ourselves. Not to go, oh, this has to be fixed, this has to be fixed, but to go, hmm, let's just playfully approach this. I wonder what we can do. I wonder, I wonder. As soon as you're wondering, you're in that playful state of mind. So try saying something like hey you know you've a lot going on right now and it's making sense to me that you're finding it hard sometimes you're going to need our help with all that stuff that you're learning and feeling and we are here for you or words to that effect don't treat that like a script whatever feels comfortable for you Remember also that imaginative play is a great tool in times like these and that we are never, never too old for imaginative play, imaginative or symbolic type of play. You know, it allows children, all of us really, not just children, but to use, you know, to use our language, to use our ideas, our thinking, um, our wondering, our imagining about, you know, the world and the uh, people around us and what's happening. And out of that, you know, is we're going to get closer to solution and resolution, but it's going to come from that collaborative, creative wondering together. So watch your children play because it's all happening there within their play. They take the themes they're struggling with and experiences they're struggling to make meaning of and they use their play, symbolic play, you know, when they have their little characters out to make meaning and then play with them. Insert yourself into their play. Follow their lead where possible. Only step in and take charge when necessary. Use those small world characters, the doll's house, the Legos, the Playmobiles, whatever it is in your house, could be cars or dinos, but use those to play out scenarios close to what you think is going on. Not exactly what is happening for them, but just close to their themes. Make it relatable, but don't replicate what you have decided is going on for me. Pause halfway, invite your child to finish the story don't judge what they come up with but be curious about it wonder is there another way offer how you might play it out increase the nurture play that you're making available as well that would be you know play with little mini manicures get out your warm bowl of soapy water um, and have a fluffy towel and nice lotion and just really really take a gentle care of my hands or feet or both take a cotton ball invite me to close my eyes and using you know don't press too hard but don't make the cotton ball light and tickly that kind of mid-level pressure and just practice on your own hand first to see what feels right go all around my face my cheeks gently over my eyes down the length of my nose over the bridge of my nose around my mouth my lips my chin my ears give me a full cotton ball face massage just notice things about me on my skin any adventure marks bumps bruises scratches anything that falls into that category any special freckles or any special marks on my skin and just take care of them with a drop of lotion oh I see this one and this one drop of lotion and rub it in 
turn over my hand and notice the lines on my hand, pick out three of them, the lines on the palm of my hand, I really mean pick out three and name three positive things. You're such a good sibling. You're really playful. You love to laugh. You love to sing, whatever it might be. And trace those lines with your index finger as you hold their hand in your hand. You're getting lots of lovely touch, skin to skin contact and that deep pressure kind of touch as you go around. Because basically with lots of comfort, compassion and nurture, developmentally or context specific behavioral regression will typically resolve and will do so in quite a timely manner. You know, maybe within a few days for some kids it might take a couple of weeks. But if the regression is more neurological in presentation or it contains some physical issue, maybe like something like decreased muscle tone, for example, and it lingers beyond four to six weeks and you can't pin it to something in particular, it may even increase over that time rather than disappear, I would strongly advise that you seek specialist support via your GP. Otherwise, try to stay in the now moment and playfully explore what lies beneath my behavioral regression. What is it I'm trying to tell you? Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15 minute parenting.